This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Working Class Bowhunter podcast starts in 3, 2, 1. I think I left about 4 No one honestly really cares. Steve's calling me while I'm holding <laughs> getting ready for this deer to stand up. Glad you took this deer out. He doesn't even drive American. <laughs> See, that deer's what's exactly what's wrong with this country, right? He doesn't even support local American-made deer-compatible vehicles. <laughs> that one that one arrow cost me $33,000. Just aiming too long and just moved a little bit and it's like oh no it fired you know crap i knew as soon as it left it was just a little high but he came right out in the field made a scrape right in the cornfield started grunting walked 30 yards made another scrape you're listening to the working class bow hunter that's right this is the podcast for billy joe lunch bucket the working man just like me and you my name's travis t-bone turner from the bone collector thank you for tuning in Episode number 95 of the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast, right here at 1600 Buck Slayer Place in the climate-controlled Buckatorium. We are in a lovely, always happening, metropolis of Sherrard, Illinois. What's going on, 600 fellas? 600 people. Kurt's in the building. I'm Eric here, too. And we've got uh, Ross Bicker from uh, Respect the Game. I almost said respect the game, but uh, how you doing? <laughs> doing pretty good. Good, good, good. All right, we're, we're all doing to, good here tonight. No, we're doing Just, good. We're doing good. We're 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 doing good. Uh, we're doing so good. In fact, brought to you by HHA Sports. Go check out the uh, the Optimizer Kingpin Light hashtag Single Pin Nation. If you're gonna uh, send any pictures of it, um, I got this site thrown on uh, thrown on my interim bow. I like that. The mission flare. Yeah, this thing is this thing is sweet. This this site will make any bow. Like, you just want to shoot it, and yeah, I've been... I love how you just say that when you try to convince someone. You'll just want to shoot it. But no, HHA, a lot of people that are bow hunters usually are doing like a multi-pen, multi, uh, multi -pen, and they see the single pen, and they're like, man, how do you make that transition? Is it, what's the advantage? What's the disadvantage? You always get that question every time. Yeah, I would say try one, and you will 
come to the dark side of the the single pin. And most people it's, do. They they, right. they say I gotta have one of these. Well, things. it'll right. be a lot lighter because you'll be able to see more. And speaking of lighter, right. well, hold on. But that we got to bring this up that we're doing a giveaway oh, with yes. HHA. Yep. Um, we're giving away an HHA site. Not sure what which model we're giving away. So just go to our Facebook page. You'll find all the details there. Um, next Friday, so it'll be August nineteenth. We're gonna pick a winner for that. Um, winner, winner, chicken. So get dinner. to our Facebook, or you can find our Facebook through workingclassboner dot com and get on there. Um, of course, we're gonna make you like and share and do all that hoopla because giveaways are in right now. So yeah, we're we're gonna make you kind of work for it. But, just uh, figured, and, but who doesn't like free stuff? Right. Well, we just figure we talk about HHA on every episode, and there's people that either can't afford one or just have never made the jump to buy one, and it's just we understand how it is. So we're giving you guys a chance to win one of your own. And that way, you can, every time we talk about it, you're like, "No, yeah, they're totally right." So check yeah. that out. So go, yeah, go, uh, go, check that out. You know, uh, like it, share it, give us a holler. Speaking of hollers, if you go down 67 and you go past a couple hollers, you're gonna go ahead and take a right, and you're gonna get to <laughs> a couple more hollers, and then you'll be at Smith's Custom Meats and Deer Processing, the finest deer processor in Eastern. I would honestly you know, say it's say one North, of the best. Yeah. Northwest. Northwest, Eastern Iowa, no, you're not Illinois. Middle East. Illinois. No, well, in Illinois, but the area that's around. Oh, okay, that. all right. The, it's uh, the finest around. I would say it is. I would say it's one of the the best processors in the Midwest. I'll I'll go out and stick my neck out and say it. it's the cleanest. It's it the good people, good products, everything. I got some Smiths. I would say it's a Smith product, but it's just backstrap. So he just cut it off and packaged it really nice for me. So it's thawing out <laughs> for a barbecue this weekend. Boom. But uh, no, they do a great job. I mean, I'll undercook that baby and eat it with confidence that it's been handled. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, check out Smith's. Um, you can get to their website from workingclassboner.com, or you can find it on our Facebook. So shall we get to it? We have a veteran shout-out. Yes, we, we do. And doing the veteran shout-out is Ross. Yeah, I'm going to do a veteran shout-out to there you my, go. Uh, my grandpa, Gene Heap. He was on a sub as a sonar guy in uh, the Korean War. So I'm very honored to be able to say that's my grandpa. Well, there you awesome. go. Thank him for his uh, for his service, and uh, this podcast brought to you in English by veterans. So that's right. We're uh, <laughs> we're <laughs> thanks for that, guys. I don't want to be speaking Russian or anything, but um, let's get to the uh, the man of the uh, the hour now, Ross Bigger from Respect the Game TV. Yeah. On now, I knew I was going to forget. Is it Sportsman's or Outdoor? Sportsman's. Sportsman's. Okay. Um, which you can now check most of that out on. There's an outdoor app that you guys got, but I've been checking it out on Vimo. Yep. Um, and then they'll probably be on Elite uh, Archery's website. So there's a bunch of places you can check it out. Um, that's a little bit of background, but talk about who you are. Uh, I'm. Uh, let's see. I'm 27. I'm from Bigville, <laughs> Illinois. <laughs> I started out. Um, I was 19. I started my own electric business. So I'm electrician by day, uh, seasonal, because once deer season hits, then I <laughs> <laughs> kind of disappear a little bit. So you're a working uh, man. You yeah. fit right in with yeah. our listener base. It's yeah. the American dream to start your own business right. and still be part-time. You start your own business yeah. at 19. That's <laughs> no more impressive. phone calls after October 1st. <laughs> uh, let's see, 2000, 2010, I got married. I've been married to my wife, Robin. Uh, we have two beautiful little boys, Eli and Will. Will's the older one, um, and we, let's see, I started on, uh, in 2014, 
filming for Respect the Game uh, the fall of 2014. I got interested in it and mm -hmm. had a door open up that I was able to kind of get in and start working with cameras. Uh, pretty serious about going on a on a bear hunt, so I tried to do what I could to get that lined up. Um, I've talked to the right guys. They got me headed in the right direction. They put together this right. trip. I was able to go on it. Mm -hmm. uh, we went to Saskatchewan and in Canada and shot. Uh, I ended up shooting a pretty good black bear. That's on. Uh, there's an episode. We'll, uh, we'll put the link to that episode in the description, description of the episode of uh, our podcast episode. It was uh, okay. episode one. It was. Yeah, start off one. with a bang, and you're yeah. the first one to kill a critter on uh, this season. <laughs> that so. was an awesome <laughs> hunt, man. It like was. I enjoy respect the game. I really do love that show. Yeah, and it's cool to see you on there because I actually met you before I watched you on there. I watched Clark on the show, and then he was in the studio, so it was just cool to be like, man, I know these guys, and the show's so good. Yep. It's just cool to see it all put together. That and it's way. a bunch of working class guys. You know right. what I mean? It's relatable. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yep. Um, so bear season went on, and then uh, we started getting prepared for whitetails. Uh, all the work that goes in, all your food right. plots, stands, everything. Um, and my partner, Tyler Johnson, and I got together last fall and were able to put a couple of bucks on the ground back to back in the middle of the day. And, right. Uh, that episode aired also. I think that was episode well, six. Well, I yes. want to. I want to get into that here in a little bit. The midday stuff. I mean, Steve, we're talking about asking about yep. this, but let's talk about the black bear first. Was that your first black bear you'd ever yep. you'd ever shot? Yep. What like so normally I'm, you grew up hunting whitetails like most of our listeners have. Mm -hmm. How crazy is it to be in like a northern black bear woods environment? I mean, you're totally out of your comfort zone. Oh, you have to be. It's it's way. Different. Do you feel like you're oh, starting yeah. fresh, like you're relearning everything, yeah, or do you kind of go in like I've done this, I've hunted this long, like I feel somewhat confident? Eh, in a way, I'd say you 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 still have your hunting skills, but right. when you walk into a totally different, unfamiliar area, when you're walking into the woods out there, it's like walking on a mattress. I mean, the undergrowth is just crazy. Really, and if 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 we're standing fifty yards apart and we try talking to each other. It, you're gonna just, have to yell because really? I can't hear you. It just absorbs just all very the noise. Dense. Oh yeah, it's yep. crazy. And we were actually there May third through the eighth or whatever. So it early spring. Anyways, it was early, early. Mm -hmm. Bears are only out of hibernation for like two weeks, I think. Which is probably good because they're hungry. They're I hungry. would assume. Yeah. I don't know much about black yeah, bear. Yeah, I think they're hungry. And well, I, we didn't have to deal with the bugs near as bad. Right. Yeah. The temperature was about right. It, it was a little early, but it was it was a blast. And so. Uh, I'm going that way because I wanted to say that the as as dense as it was then, I can't imagine being there two or three weeks later. Right when all the greens are coming in, everything's starting and, to grow. Uh, oh yeah, get yeah, turned around, right. lost in there in a hurry. Especially if you attract like a wounded bear or something. Yeah, you know that could turn. <laughs> and you're not familiar with it. It's right. not like your regular yeah, wood you're in. So right. and, and it's not like timber that we have around here. I mean, they've got a lot of the uh, uh, was that birch wood with the, with the white trees. Yeah, birch yeah, trees. Yeah. Birch, yeah, the ones that are like really peely. Yep. Yeah, because like, I I looked at that and I go, man, <laughs> really? That, the, those peely trees up there, they got no, they, 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 what, they, these they, things oranges or what? They peel and they're like real thin. And I, I remember asking, I was like, you know, as as like thin as all those trees look, I'm like, you know, what kind of because they 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 had you in some ladder stands, yeah, up there. And I, I asked you about that, and you were like, yeah, these stands were really really old. Yeah, I mean, they've been there a while. Oh, uh, rickety. Yeah. What? So the bear you shot was pretty big. The it bear, looked, it yeah. looked big. Yeah, he was a good bear, really good. Uh, it was a really fun hunt. Actually, uh, 
we got there that was the first uh it was our first day hunting and i was in the stand an hour and 45 minutes and had that bear shot that's awesome and we had man. so many bears coming in and out of there that, that place is crazy it's uh i'd be a major shout out to jason peterson from canada he puts on a show i mean he works and works and gets everything ready and man is that cool it, it comes together just yeah, we'll get perfect, him to call so. in for a podcast yeah, there, we go. there you go <laughs> uh, so what uh are you, are you gonna mount that thing yeah, yeah, I I got it mounted. I got it full body mounted. Is it back at your at your place? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I gotta come see it. What yep. um, what is, like you got it processed and everything? Did were the back straps any anything good or? Uh, I honestly didn't get into it. Uh, I think really? we donated that, so it's uh, it got donated and and we didn't get to bring any of it back with us. So I'm kind of anxious to to get into some bear. Uh, I ate one bear steak and I don't know. I I'm I didn't have a good experience with it, only because I I didn't shoot it. I don't know how it was cared for. Right. I didn't know where it had been, and I didn't one. I didn't know how to cook it. Yeah. And yeah. I guess I don't know. Trichinosis is a big thing with black bears, mm-hmm. and I didn't know anything about it. I, I ate mine way undercooked, so <laughs> I don't think I have trichinosis. But it could have been. I don't know what the deal is. If it's got to be frozen for so long to kill that um, parasite or what it is, but I guess like sixty percent of trichinosis cases come from black bear meat. Well, really? try it again, Kurt. You'll actually die from a bear this time. Oh, it won't kill you. You just feel like shit for like four weeks. So you get like <laughs> muscle cramps and spasms and stuff. But I don't no, know. Thank I, you. I don't know how big of an issue it really is. But Well, I wouldn't let that scare me too bad. I've had some killer black bear meat. Right. Uh, really? Roast is what I've had, I guess. So right. I'd say that I, I had some really good roast. I think the first time you try it, though, you have to have know someone that knows what right. they're doing. Yeah. 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 I would definitely eat it again. No hesitation. I mean, oh, yeah. I'm just saying I probably, you know, who knows? A guy could have gut shot it and never cleaned the thing off and I didn't cook it right. You know, there's a it, there's a formula that probably came up to why I didn't enjoy it as much as what I could have. But uh, let's talk about this because when I first walked in, Let's talk about your setup. You're uh, you're selling bows at your house. Yeah, I'm an elite elite <laughs> dealer. I film for the show, and I'm an elite dealer. Uh, on top of that, so I guess uh, uh, I've got a I've got an old cow milking barn that actually <laughs> was falling in when I got there. Uh, uh-huh. My wife and I bought it. Uh, let's see, 2010, and we. We got all moved in there, and my first priority was to go out there. I got to get it. I got to get the barn fixed up enough to put a man cave in. Right. Have your my own bow place. shop. My bow shop is actually the man cave. That was the first thing done in that barn when I started all the renovations on it. So, which it's beautiful uh, in there. By the oh, way, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. It's amazing. You, you know, it's. I'm gonna. I feel like I'm gonna outgrow it pretty quick, but it's. It's still a perfect little spot to. Uh, I can still work on bows. You got room though to expand, don't you? Oh yeah, I got plenty of room to expand. I'm just just see where this goes you know if we right. we get and it's been taken off uh, for a couple of months i guess i've been going on it well and, shout out uh, real quick you got a facebook page and everything for your shop don't yeah you? it's called that? 164 outdoors mm-hmm. uh it's on my Facebook. we'll share page. that and we'll put a link to that in the description of the episode we'll do what we can to help you okay I mean, appreciate yeah, and, it. Uh, and this could be your busy months right here yeah no yeah. it's been picking up like crazy mm-hmm. so. me and uh me and eric went went down and we had to check it out because kurt well let's let's explain this so okay we had clark cummins on the show from respect the game also cummins. probably I always say his name wrong, so sorry, Clark, but I just, I'm going to keep butchering it forever, probably. It'll just be our little thing. Um, I don't know how many weeks ago, a couple months ago, probably, had him on the show. And uh, he hooked us up because I wanted to get my fiance Sam, a bow, and you had a, um, a spirit, an elite spirit for sale. So that's how I met you. I went down to your place and bought this spirit, and you tuned it up and switched the mods and yep. everything for her, and it's shooting great. 
So that's how we met. And then I told these guys, I'm like, you got to see this place. It's cool. <laughs> He's got his own little area. It's a pure elite dealership. And then those guys went down there. Got lost. When and... I was in Brazil. Yeah. So. <laughs> when, you know, when, when Kurt was explaining, I was like, so, you know, is that is that place cool? He's like. You know, because I was asking, like, how how are you as a as as a person? You know, you always want to get to know somebody, and he goes, Which, "That's the biggest thing when you deal with someone that mm-hmm. sells bows and works on your bow equipment." In our area, a lot of the time, it's like this bow shop sucks. I can't find a good spot. Well, that's why we have ventured just outside of the Quad Cities to find our bow shops, and you know, we've met good people that way. So that's the first question. Well, how are they there? I'm like, you can go ahead. Yeah, and and the first thing Kurt says, he goes. Dude, this dude has to do a podcast. He's like, he's super cool. Plus, he's got two 200-inch deer just sitting in there. And I oh, was yeah. like... I told Ross that before I even left. I'm like, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. That's <laughs> the, he's like, I was like, well, did you ask him? He goes, oh, yeah, I already, I already did. Um, so when me and me and Eric went down there, you know, Kurt had told us all about this. We were like, we got to check this out. And, uh, you know, we're trying... <laughs> we ended up getting lost in a town... That only has log splitters and Camaros, apparently. And well, I think you got lost because I entered my address on my Facebook yeah, page. Which and is, I, I messaged them about that, hoping that uh, we'd get that straightened out. But, yeah, okay, yeah, you got lost. Because I was going to say, what... if you're trying to find the place and you, you, you end up in some, like, there's, like, a rickety old, like, but it old was... Adams family mansion. Your phone number's on the Facebook. <laughs> Call you. You'll you'll get us. You'll get them there. Yeah. I think the address is right, but the Google Maps is wrong for some reason. Yeah, yeah. that's what it is. Because it took us the middle of that town. Yeah, and we're it, like, this does not look like a yeah, bow shop anywhere. <laughs> Don't click on the link on the <laughs> yeah. page. Uh, you just type it in your phone. <laughs> and so, I'd I'd rather. Uh, Everybody, uh, just just call ahead anyway. It's a heck of a lot easier. Right. To yeah. Around. Especially if you have a full time job and you're doing yeah. that as your part, and you're you know it's working man. I got a busy schedule, but yeah, I'm getting getting uh, everybody set up so far, so it's working out good. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's probably one of the cooler setups you'll ever see. I mean, you know, if you're in that um, Burlington uh, uh, Monmouth area, well, the, uh, or is it Macomb? Mac- what? What's, what's that city right there? Is that Macomb or Monmouth? Monmouth. Monmouth. That's all right. I, I get those two confused. Which is not far from the Quad Cities. For all, So for all our local listeners, if you're in the Quad Cities and you're like, man, I want to check out Elite. I need someone good to work on my bow. It's just south of the Quad Cities. It's not that far. It's definitely worth the trip. So, yeah. yeah, it's um, it's a stellar place. I mean, you look at this old barn and you're like, okay, this is interesting. And you go in and it's like, whoa, did not expect this here. And you got two 200-inch deer looking at you, and you're like, oh, boy, here we go. Yeah, and, uh, you know, some elites on the wall. So it's just one of those uh, really, really cool things about, you know, small towns. And, uh, you know, it's been going good for you. And, obviously, you guys push elites. And yeah. uh, that led that's leading into a question that I, I wanted to ask. What, what drew you to elite anyway? You know, what? Why? why did you get involved with that? bow company and you know actually i was uh before i was diehard another brand and uh i mean everything t-shirts the whole nine if i could get a pencil with this bow company on it i would have bought it (laughs) (laughs) anyways i uh so i had a buddy that um started a dealer a dealership uh one of my buddies that i ended up buying out his business just this year that was uh to help get mine started and uh, I kind of took over his. Um, he had elites, and I thought, well, I'll give him a shot. So I started 
giving them uh giving them shot shooting them a little bit and man i just fell in love immediately i thought gee whiz this back wall is insane mm. uh that was a z28 that i started shooting uh and i i fell in love with that bow and i it just about locked up just it felt like it was going to lock up when you pull it back you couldn't hardly let it down so right. that kind of got me started on it and then uh i thought well i'll buy a new one and then i bought a new one i got a hunter uh killed a couple deer with it and then the next one come out and my problem is is i like to smell new paint so uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh i can i i use it for a year maybe less than and then i decide boy i gotta get another one and i just started in on it i ended up before i started uh this bow shop i had 10 of my own bows hanging on the wall elites every one of them that's insane and Good just Lord. every <laughs> every shade every size everything draw length all of them i just i had a bunch of them but i've shoot uh you know you, you got to have a bow for paper you got to have a bow for 3d a bow for hunting well that's what i thought anyway so i started trying to uh chew that down and not have so many bows i uh i wanted to get to a bow that i could that i could shoot for just about everything uh I think you guys talked about this last week, the E35. I mm-hmm. think I, yep. yeah. yeah, you guys touched the on that subject, bow. man. That's the go-to. That's yeah. the do-everything bow. I found that bow. I've shot paper, 3D, uh, feet of field. I've shot all of them with it, and I Great. love it. So, it, I don't know. That's uh, See, that's the thing I've bow. always heard, too. Like, you know, Darren Christianberry is like, you know, I'm going to take the Energy 35 out, and he does that, that promo reel for Elite. He's, you know, he's, it's going to be definitely be in the Whitetail Woods. He's like, Man, you might even see me have this on the 3D range and maybe on indoor. Too. Well, I mean, a lot of people that you know that shoot elites and stuff, they always say that the E35 is their go-to bow, no matter yeah. what. Yeah. I mean, our homeboy uh, Trevor Schmidt shoots a shoots one. You yeah. know, and he loves yeah. that thing. Man, uh, he can he can shoot that bow across two hollers. I hear. Yeah, he can. <laughs> <laughs> we um, here's here's something that I noticed, and and tell me if if I'm not wrong. You know, when you've got guys that you know shoot. Uh, other bow bow brands, you know, they'll get a bow specifically for said purpose. You know what I mean? Yep. So if they're if they're like a, a Hoyt guy, you know, a lot of times they'll get a Hoyt bow and they'll only hunt with it. And I'm not saying that's the case for all, but um, whenever you see someone shooting elite, you know, you start talking about shooting. A lot of times they're interested in shooting more than you know, just taking it more than just hunting. <clears throat> I don't know if that's maybe just who I've associated myself with, but, you know, whenever you see a, an elite guy, they always kind of want to take it a step more with archery. Right. Well, I mean, is is that – I, I, I see what you're going with. I would say that's any guy that's really into whatever what, – yeah. any guy that's really into archery, no matter what brand they shoot, that's what you're going to have. Again, but, and I'm not – yeah, I'm not but saying But I, I see where you're going, so – but go ahead. I didn't mean to – So, yeah, I mean, have, have you noticed that – you know, is that one of the things that drew you to Elite is that you knew you could start taking that bow and doing more with it? Or did you just love the feel of it yeah, and just I, ended up getting into it? I'd say I loved the feel of it first. And then I started to try and, like I said, I had that many bows to start out, and I started chewing them down trying to find one bow. And, you know, back when they had the Judge, the Z28, uh, the pulse, all those bows. I never had any of those. I did have a pulse for a very short period. Uh, that that short brace height just killed me. Right. Um, and then I they came out with that E thirty five, and then I bought that one, and that was just that just sealed the deal for me right. on all of them. So I started 
selling my other bows and stuck with that E35. Matter of fact, I turned around and bought another E35 just because I had to have that shiny color. <laughs> I can understand that completely, man. I've, I've always kicked around the idea of, like, I need to get a second bow with some shiny paint on it. So a pageant bow. Speaking, Dude, of, speaking of that, that new uh, yes. E37 All-American flag looks pretty sweet. Oh, yeah. the Yeah, when I saw I thought it was, as soon as I saw it, I was like, that is the most gorgeous bow I've ever looked at. Yep. Um, they the elite, elite in their finishes is just, they're on oh. their point. I would say Elite and Hoyt got it down when it comes to doing paint right, on, a bow, finishes, on bows. Yes. The, those are the number two. Top one and two. I don't know whatever you want to put one in front of the other, but yep. the top two bow brands that know how to do the finish on their bows. And I think a lot of guys uh, can associate with this. The uh, the bows that I've had, different brands in the past, uh, as far as the coating goes, mm-hmm. uh, you all go to the 3D range and shoot with your buddies on the weekends, right? and there's mosquitoes like crazy, and you're spraying on off oh, and yeah. everything oh, yeah. that you can. The DEET actually was eating the coating off of my bows. I can and that. I have not had them before I got super tied in with Elite. I had an, uh, had a Hoyt, and I, just, I love that bow. Mm-hmm. That's and funny that I you could s- never chew that coating off of that thing. That's you know, funny that you say that, though, because I've noticed that, too, with a couple old bows that I had. You get those tiny little dots on there that you just cannot get off for the life of you. Yep. Right. You know, it took me a while to figure out what it was, and then I finally figured out, okay, every time I put... Uh, bug spray on you get more and more dots right well you know what's funny too is that you mentioned that part is i'm a stickler with the finish on my bows and i've honestly in all honestly i have a a synergy i have beat the living shit out of this bow Mm -hmm. and i'm saying pulling it up the tree stand and banging it off every metal screw in step on the way up like not on purpose (laughs) if it's windy that you know it's blowing around it happens and when it's going up ding 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 and i'm going oh no <laughs> i'm gonna pull this thing up and there's just gonna be raw scratches down that and it's held up good i got a couple of nicks in my can but you're gonna have that i mean nothing bad to cut my string or nothing like that but and then also i was spraying that uh the, like the carbon scent spray oh yeah i sprayed it on my bow one time i don't know i, I probably didn't have to but i did and like two days later once it all dried up i'll look at my my elite and i'm like <gasps> There's, like, white powder all over it. I'm like, what is this? I wet it down a washcloth and wiped it off good as new. I'm like, oh, man, I thought I stained her up a little bit. You know, you you can avoid that. You know, just do what I do. Just go only only put your tree stand, like, 10 feet up in the tree. You ain't got to bang it that much going up. You can just pull up bar into it. You just jump up and grab the base (laughs) of your stand and just get in it. Throw your bow. Just set your bow up there first and then climb into the stand. You guys want to get into some – let's get in. We got a couple of listener questions. We got some other questions for you, Ross, but we'll hit uh, hit you with these first. So we have one, and I think you may know this person, um, Trinity McGraw. Okay, yeah. Um, This is the question. Is – I want to start shooting bows. Is it good to go straight to a compound bow or start with a recurve bow? Ooh. Yeah. That's a really good so question. That is a good question. I'm it assuming is. this person's a little younger. They asked. They wanted to call in and said, is there an age limit? Um, yeah, I would want to know how old you have to be to call in because I have a question I would like to ask him. So I said, well, it's not live, but you can go ahead and send your question here and we'll get it to him. So. Yep, yep. Uh, Boy, I don't know. I'd say uh, there's so many compound bows out there that are so uh, easy for young, forgiving people to start, uh, and even and even uh, everything in between. You can have uh, young kids get started, uh, some girls get started, any of it. Uh, right. They, I think they make enough 
uh, I guess they've come so far with the compound bows that it's pretty hard to not start with a compound. Right. Because that's ultimately, ultimately where a lot of people want to end up. But but I also have a lot of really good buddies and a lot uh, that, that love to shoot a recurve or a longbow. And right. that's a lot of fun, too. Especially yeah. if it's a whole other world. It, it is. is. It For is. Sure. And I would say... My well, my opinion is, you know, you want to shoot a compound. Start with a lower poundage compound because that's gonna get you the well. I think the I, muscle memory and the form for that. And a Scott Longhorn hex. That I don't know if I'd start yeah, with that, yeah, but yeah, it's I, a great hey, it's a great introduction to a back tension it, release. It, well, no, it teaches you. I, I mean, that's what um, that's what Darren was saying. You know, you great follow through yeah. on your shot. And, Absolutely. you know, if if you can enjoy what you do, I think, you know, starting out young, if you can start them right, yep. you know, they'll enjoy it more. Yep. And but. then I think we had another question from um, our buddy. Well, hold on. I got to find it. I thought I had this ready to go, but maybe I don't. Oh, I know I do. Um, from Scott Clark. Uh, what's your preferred tree stand setup? Do you prefer height or cover? Ooh. Oh, boy. I'd say... Uh, Boy, that's a tough one because they're both they're both almost as important as the right. other. So I I don't know. I guess if the cover's at thirty feet, I'm going thirty. If the cover's at fourteen feet, I'm going to fourteen. I guess I, so if I don't if I don't have to go to thirty, I won't. But right. then again, boy, running camera and you're swinging and you're moving and there's a lot of movement and it's it's just it's it makes it really tough. But uh, as far as uh, not running camera where would i be if there was no cameras nothing nothing going on other than just me hunting i was always hanging 18 to 22 depending right. on the setup uh and i that cover is key for me i mean you got to be broke up i find a pretty good sized tree you don't want to be bigger around than the tree is uh, right. I mean, I got to. Yeah, it's kind of tough. <laughs> 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 Steve's in nothing but mature oak strapping yeah, acorns. No, the, there's absolutely no way, man. I'm not. It's like, man, does that tree have a tumor up there? Come on. <laughs> you know, I I think that was you hit it right there. Perfectly. That was a perfect nose, answer. Yeah. You know, yeah. where the cover is. It, I mean, I don't know if there's one answer for that question. Well, and no, and no. even if there's not much cover, because I've ran into that too, and and you're you're thinking, man, I got to be in this spot, but there's a there's not much cover. Right. Well, I wouldn't fall for the big tents and whatever they've got to help yeah. cover you up, or an umbrella over your stand, or right. I, I wouldn't do anything it like that. It just blotches you up. <laughs> yeah, I, I would. Uh, I would. I just go higher, but and, and otherwise, right. you could go into a box blind. Uh, I mean, that's then there's no movement at all. Right. Uh, but. But if you don't have that choice, just that's when I start to go up when there's no cover. Right. So. Well, my dad and I have done. I bet we run into that. Like we we gotta sit here and there's no cover. We uh, if there's like a V in a tree and we know the deer are coming from this way, we put the stand on the opposite side of the tree and there like a go. split. And you know it's that helps. But I mean sometimes it's just really moving still. And I've Absolutely. had a, I've had a place uh, where you got to be and there's no trees and right. I don't want to sit in the ground blind. Yeah, and you're out on the edge of a field by a washout, and I've taken my shovel out there and dug a hole and dug that washout out and then took sticks and broke them off three or four foot long and stuck them down in that washout and then pulled a bunch of grass uh-huh. and made myself my own little ground blind. But basically, on a uh, ground blind chair, you're sitting down in that ditch. You can still see through the grass and see it coming, and you can go to full draw, and if you've got to come up, 
If you right. got to come up to shoot, then you're basically coming up out of the grass. And, and that's worked for us uh, in the past, too. So. That's an interesting idea. Mm. That's yeah, probably something a lot of people overlook because it's so much effort. You know, yeah, there's really a lot of work to it, but a lot of work. But that's boy, when cool. it comes together. But and, and honestly, it, that that you don't go to that much work unless you're pretty stinking yeah, confident that right. there's going to be coming. Yeah. By the there. thing is, when you do all that though, it's so cool to sit in like a setup like that because it's different. Yeah, you know, it's not your hang on, it's on the ground. But ground blinds sometimes you have to like. I just picked up a little twenty acre piece where it's basically all CRP. You have to sit in the ground blind. Yep, and. I kind of get bummed and a little. I'm not as excited and motivated to sit in the ground blind because I'm like, well, you can't see as far. You don't. I just haven't had as good as luck. But sometimes you got to do it, and if it's in the right spot, a ground blind can be very effective. Yep. So, but if uh, you do it right, they can be yes. Yeah, it beats getting rained on too. That's yeah, true does. too. It's that always a place true. to go. You know, and it keeps the wind off your neck. That's a, that's all right too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But uh, put a heater in them. There's a, there is a yeah, lot of advantages yeah. to a there ground is, blind. There is. <laughs> there was um. There's a, the. Are, are we dealing with the listener questions? No, keep going. Oh, okay. Yeah, we are. But. Um, because uh, you know that that leads me to uh, to the next question that I had. You know, obviously, if you're trying to film hunts, you know, being in a ground blind is not, a, you know, it's not I- ideal. I mean, there's a couple situations where yeah, it works, but um, you know, I wanted to talk about how you film. You uh, you showed us, and it was on the Respect the Game episode, the Whitetail Hunt. Um, the way that you use GoPros, I think, is probably the best way I've ever seen anyone hunting use GoPros. And I'm not just saying that here because you're uh, you're sitting right here. But um, explain to the listeners how you incorporate your GoPros into your filming. Um, the I think. I think we're running four to five cameras at once, counting GoPros. I was hoping he wasn't going to say, we don't use GoPros, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, exactly, no. <laughs> but I uh, I link three GoPros to uh, the remote that you can buy for it. Some uh, some of the GoPros come with it. Uh, that Hero Black, I think, comes with the remote. I, I put it on a wrist strap, and all, it's on my wrist uh, like a watch. And I link those three GoPros up, and when the action's about to start... I get them turned on and uh, hit record, and it gives you just different angles that the guy over your shoulder can't get, or the guy over uh, above you in the tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think on that episode, I even screwed one in the tree up above mm-hmm. him, pointing straight down on top. Just to, and that wide angle view, man, it just picks up so much. Right. Uh, I don't know. I, I guess I've always gotten a pretty good kick out of working with GoPros, whether I'm. Uh, racing riding motocross different angles stuff or, right. or well, like just, you like you said you can pick up everything with them well yeah and and then I, for the longest time uh actually for a few times i tried that gopro on my stabilizer or on my head mm-hmm. i know there's some other guys trying that too it sounds sounds uh like that'll work really good and it does as long as you're not on wide angle because the deer looks like he's 150 yards away. Right, right. right yeah. So uh, some of those GoPros you can change from wide to medium to narrow. Uh, I have not ran the narrow mm-hmm. yet, but I've ran the medium, which is just a standard. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and it seems to really help. It kind of looks like it's yep. as, you don't get actually that, as far away as it is. Well, you don't get right. that fisheye effect almost. Yeah. Right. That that's, really wide angle. Well, that's the beautiful thing about the like the wide angle like up close. Like when you're saying it's above your camera guy, you're going to see the camera guy, you, and then some on each side right. of you <laughs> and what's out there. Well, yeah, yeah like, and, and, and like every guy in Respect the Game, when we were watching that, he's like, here, watch this. You can see this deer fall on camera. 
Like he's like, hey, look up in this corner. Ah, there it is. <laughs> it's, um, I mean, that's a for somebody that's doing a TV show. GoPro is definitely a very valuable tool. I mean, absolutely. You know, there's so many companies that do the uh, point of view action type cameras, but GoPro's definitely got it got it down. And I just talked to my buddy Bill yesterday. Uh, Bill Buckingham. He's he's on the team also. Uh, mm-hmm. We he went and bought a DJ Osmo. Have you ever heard of DJ? No, I never have. Okay, it's like uh, it's like a GoPro, only uh, you can hang it out in front of you on a, a selfie stick, or you can do whatever you want with it, hold it however you want, right. run with it, and it's like there's a drone following you. Like there is really? no vibration yeah. whatsoever. Hmm. So we're pretty excited. We're gonna Test we're gonna go out. to South Dakota end of September and hunt mule deer. And oh, that'll be it's awesome. a lot of open terrain running. There's that's really gonna oh, come yeah. in nice. So. Uh, it's a perfect uh, spot and stock camera. Yep. Yeah, that's yep. that's it. It's a spot and stock camera. So uh, the the GoPros are kind of my forte. I like the go. I'm, uh, he's already told me I'm the GoPro guy. So right, I'm the GoPro <laughs> guru, the, the GoPro yeah. pro. I had a Hero <laughs> too. I need to buy. I need to upgrade and buy my. I, it crapped out on me, so yeah. I need to buy a couple of the new. They're, they're expensive, but man, are they fun! Right, yeah, and and I do, I use the GoPro for anything. Like even when we're filming, like put it in the bottom of the cedar when we're seeding food plots and pour seed over it or uh, shoot time lapses with them. I right. do all that stuff. I mean, I, they're You can always use them for working. anything and put them anywhere is what's nice about them. Yeah, yeah, it is. All the cool little shots that you'd be scared to do with your with your other camera. Yep. It's um, a, go ahead. No, I was just saying, you know, it's it's a fun little um, little tool. And for all you guys that want to self-film, you know, out there, it's, it's just it, it adds to it, it. It adds to everything. It does. Um, you know, when when you showed us the footage, you were like, you know, here's what I filmed. Here's what they used on TV, and they didn't use that much of it, but it was like it was just enough that it was like that's cool. Yep, I'm super glad they got that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Another uh, Steve actually thought of this question, which I was impressed with because Steve normally wants to ask you about like what you're doing anything else but hunting so good job steve um yeah um you made a good point you went out to hunt the buck you shot on respect the game and you, you went out at like nine forty-five. yeah to get into the tree yeah. and a lot of guys would look at that and be like what That's is going crazy. on at nine forty-five for you should be out there <laughs> yeah. for daylight da, 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 da. but just explain that a little bit i don't even I, I guess that uh thinking has taken years to establish for me i i've i've always been an early morning which is awesome right and uh and an evening hunter but man i've had so many encounters with big deer it was actually two years ago uh walking in i i seen and jumped 10 megalodon deer that should not i should not have uh <laughs> jumped dinosaur deer. choice by the way <laughs> <laughs> and, i mean they were all big time shooters and i jumped them at one o'clock in the afternoon trying to get in early for oh. an evening set and yeah. that, that 10 o'clock to 2 o'clock can be key. I seen them on their feet standing there watching me walk in. By the time I seen them standing at the bottom of the tree getting yeah. ready to climb it, I'm like, oh, I'm done. So uh, trail cameras over the past few years, uh, just just watching that time frame in November and, and seeing what those big bucks are doing, right. they disappear, and then during that time, you're getting them during those hours. Right. And I thought, you know what, we, we're going in, we're going to sleep in, because we've been hunting hard, and right. we're going to go out, and we're going to set up middle of the morning. 
and uh, we actually, yeah, it was like 9.15, 9.30, somewhere in there. We started heading out, which was a little later than I really wanted. Right. But uh, we got going because cameras, running cameras and getting angles that mm-hmm. can really soak up some time. But um, anyway, so getting out there, we're walking in, just easing in to what I think is a pretty good ridge for big bucks bedding on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew we were we were probably going to see something walking in, so... Yeah, we jumped. We jumped one walking in. Actually, we didn't jump him. We just seen him running, chasing three does. Right. And uh, which is best case scenario. He probably didn't even know you were there. They didn't. They didn't know we were there. We waited until they moved on, and then we probably could have cared less. You know, eyes on the prize. Right. Well, (laughs) we. uh, So we got in there and got set up, and boy, it didn't. It wasn't very long, and deer were on their feet, and they were moving through. You know, small bucks and few good shooters. Uh, did not come in in range, and then, uh, boy, that I think I think uh, FS actually pulled in, started spreading fertilizer just in a field, another field, and one of ours, uh, maybe three, four hundred yards away. Right, that got everybody up and excited. I guess I don't know if that pushed them or what, but boy, they come down the hill in a hurry, chasing. They weren't running no tails up; they were just chasing hard. Right, so I first thought was maybe he got them bumped up and they run all the way over to us but they uh but yeah that mid-morning stuff that that mid-morning getting in and sitting through the day we were going to plan on sitting the whole rest of the day when we do that right. midday stuff you, you you can't walk out of there at two o'clock right, right. When what it, are you gonna do turn around and come well, back I mean, well the deer's gonna show up at two thirty. right and right. three three o'clock or so is you're getting into that prime time spot you think you know your night's it you're thinking three yep. o'clock four o'clock you're like all right yeah, you're not going to walk out to turn around and come back right. in. Right. Well, you know. Steve would, but that's Steve a good would. point, though. Like, you know, you know, he said, we've been hunting hard. We need to sleep in. We're going to go out mid-morning and sit all day. You're actually going to get more hunting in probably if yep. you would have got up early then got out and went back in for an afternoon hunt. And we've done that, too, and that's 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 never successful. I, we've split right. out of there, left cameras, bows, everything hanging in the tree, and flew home, grabbed something to eat, and then come back. And... Boy, you just scared to death on what you missed while you're gone. So right. I, you know, it, it's all it all has to do with the moon phasing. I think uh, as far as their peak travel times, I right. I during that that November seventh, I guess is what what I'm talking about. That was November 9th that I shot him, mm-hmm. uh, and actually that was November eighth, I think, because Tyler turned around and shot his the very next day, mid morning on the ninth. Oh really? And he shot I, that I, on. I, the, I may be getting my dates mixed up. He shot one, that on the ground, shot, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he sure did. Which is funny, you know. A lot of people think. I mean, it all depends. Every every area is different. Every year is different. I have better luck. I would say the tenth through the fifteenth are like my yep. of November are my prime lucky days. I'll call it, but it's just when the deer are moving in my area. But you know, I'd say the fifth through the 15th yep. you know you got that span that's probably the it's all doing your homework though too you know right like, you know. take your trail cam see what time they're coming through if you have that property for a couple of years you can see that so I, I was watching some shows today and uh you know the was they, they call him dr deer james Kroll. yep he said what do you say and this surprised me because i have i have eight cameras and i don't really have that much ground to hunt total acreage he said one camera per 80 acres is effective when you're doing like deer surveys to see what's really on your property, what I don't know how many acres you hunt, but how many cameras do you run to kind of get that? Oh, I know the deer are moving midday. I'm gonna go hunt midday and try and get it on a buck. Um, I I'm running 22. 22 cameras. Uh, 
I had 32 years ago, but I weeded some of them out. So Did you? I, you know, but I know what he's, I know what he's saying, and I think you can be effective because you can drop a lot of money on trail cameras pretty right. fast. So yep. if you want to, I think that he's right. Absolutely, uh, that can be very effective. You're gonna eventually, you're gonna get that deer. Uh, my deal is, I'm on one deer that I want to kill, and I right. want to know exactly where he's at. You want to pattern I'm, that deer. I'm on a routine of driving around the field edges. Uh, I don't go into the timber. All my cameras are on field edges. That right there is the most valuable thing, in yep. my opinion, when it comes to checking and setting trail cameras. Yep. That, in so. my opinion, people can argue with me, but I think that is the most important thing that will make you successful and keep pressure off of the timber, off the deer. Because right now they yeah. – and right. they can argue with the guy who has uh, two 200-inch deer mounted in his shop. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to keep throwing that at you. No, yeah, right. why not? Right. You're never going to live it down. It. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, it makes sense because obviously, you know, you're not, <clears throat> like you said, going in there. And, you know, I, I, I wish I would have thought of that. Well, I, I, I really do. I, I watch uh, Muddy's Midwest Whitetail mm. and listen mm-hmm. to Bill Winky a lot. I've watched him. Uh, a couple seminars right uh that guy's got a lot of knowledge i shook that guy's hand <laughs> did you <laughs> well, yeah it also helped your good he, friends with clark yeah that's right <laughs> yeah, that dude kills right. monsters too uh, and and he what bill says is uh if he's gonna go in and check a camera in the timber and he wants to have that one in the timber he'll actually pull up in a truck or four-wheeler or whatever because uh, you're making noise coming out there they're used to hearing you because you've been out there before. Right. And he'll get off and he'll start a chainsaw. Yeah, just, that's what I talked about that. Just um, to make oh, noise. Yes, yeah. And on an episode that will be released after this one, I talked <laughs> yeah. about that, about the chainsaw thing. Going into a field, well, he's hunting this huge monster deer. I don't want to spook this deer off. Yep. He'll have someone run a chainsaw to scare the deer out of there so he can exit his ground blind. Right. Which is insane if you think about it, but when you really think about it, you're like, well, it kind of makes sense. It's well, a naturally it may, it, occurring noise. Right, it's, but it makes sense, too, where, okay, you're letting them know that you're there. Most time you're trying to sneak, sneak in, in. Yep. like a predator. Yep. You're, you're sneaking in, trying to be quiet and stuff, but if you're making all kinds of racket and stuff, they're used to that. They're used to combines going by, tractors, chainsaws. Yeah, right. Diesel used smell. I can that. honestly say that I've... Uh, had my brother come out and pick me up out of the stand with a tractor. <laughs> really? You know what? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, hey, how, how much sense would this make? You know, when you when you were talking about FS coming to spray, you know, uh, maybe maybe we should uh, we should make it a law that FS has to say where they're going to be at what time. Oh yeah. So you can you can plan <laughs> you can a pattern like, FS. You know, yeah. Or you call the farmer. Hey, you want to go run this uh, run this tractor? Tell me when you're going to run the tractor because I'm going to hunt. Yep. To that, you know, actually that uh, plays in. That plays into effect big time. I totally uh, as far agree. as as far as tractors and harvest, harvest is coming, and that's prime time deer hunting usually. So when I uh, actually one of the two hundreds is on the wall, came from the situation <laughs> like one this. One of the two. So we, uh, I I got in the stand. I hung it at noon, which is a, this was before I started my midday hunting but it all depends on what uh, they're doing with right the deer right doing. right so there was a, a slim block of timber and by slim i want to say it was 60 acres but it wasn't very wide mm-hmm. and uh they were harvesting down in the bottom in a big cornfield and they started on the opposite side of where i was at uh, i guess in my direction they started clear over on the other end and just was basically harvesting towards me across the field uh, I was maybe three, four, five hundred yards away from them, but 
that was uh, the last standing cornfield in the bottom, mm. and I had another standing cornfield behind me. That was a late year. I think that was 2008. Mm-hmm. Uh, late so year, everybody, year. Nobody could get in year, there until yeah. late. Yep, um, wet year. And I put myself, I thought at the time when I got hung there at uh, uh, noon, I thought, oh, man, these tractors are going to screw everything up. Actually, uh, they got these deer on their feet, and they started filing through from that cornfield through this timber, and I put myself right on one of their main trails. Mm-hmm. And, Take your pick. Uh, and they uh, headed for the cornfield behind me. And they come through, uh, a whole bunch of them come through. As as the day went on, it wasn't all at once. They just kind of one at a time come on through. And uh, right. right at dark is uh, when a doe, I, fought, I spotted a doe coming. And that was that was honestly the coolest hunt I've ever had, was watching that deer's demeanor and, and how perfectly, he, I mean, he was a statue just, just standing there. And he let her lead him by 60 yards. He wouldn't even get close to her. But he knew she was coming in. Uh, hmm. heat so he uh he just stayed back and stayed on alert and he didn't hardly move but his ears were moving and his head was just turning nice and slow back and forth it took him when, when i spotted him they were 50 yards to 60 yards from me across mm-hmm. a ridge they had to come down through a deep ditch to come by me right but it took him like 35 minutes to Ooh. make it 40 50 60 yards wherever it was is that the one that's on the wall yeah yeah, well, I think that. So is. I got to stare at because we're eye level because he's on the other ravine. Yeah, right? and right, we're staring. Right. Where I'm, I just, I, I was freaking out. I didn't oh, get calmed boy. down, and I'm like, oh, it's fine. Just you got to keep your cool, man. You got to kill right. this deer Absolutely. one way or another. And I'd be calm, and then he'd take one more step, and I'm like, oh, here he comes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing, you know. You're a lot of guys like a like, cucumber, like a cucumber, like a cucumber. <laughs> right. Well, you're a lot of guys with a deer like that. They're all, right, a monster. We'll just say any monster deer. You know, are you better off having it come in and surprise you and, oh, there he okay, boom, boom, there's a shot, or you're better off watching him walk in from 300 yards? Like, what's better? There's different people where, you know, I hit to a point where I was killing a good Pope and Young every year. I got to the point where I didn't get real shaky till after the shot. Mm-hmm. Well, then I went two years without killing a good deer. I just didn't even see one. We're shooting up close, and I just yep. waited and waited and put in my time. Well, then – this following year or last season it paid off i killed that big eight and i was shaking all the way through before and after the shot like crazy and i, I think your nerves depend on your expectations if you're well, ex- if you've been right. running cameras and working at it all year and all the effort and you're sitting in that stand thinking about man all that work i did right. i really hope it pays off i know there's three shooters in here and any through any of the three could come walking by any minute uh, and you're already you're already pumped. You're already nervous, right? right. Even thinking that there's you're a anxious, chance, you know? yeah, anxious, and and even thinking that there's a chance he could show up any minute. So then when he does, then you're just wound up, right? See, I would rather have him surprise me because then, you would? oh yeah, if they surprise me, all you're thinking about is killing that deer. Yep. You draw, make a good shot, kill it. Or yep. You see this deer coming, you're then right. you, then you start thinking, you're like. Okay, he could turn left, he could turn right. Yep. I could right. miss a Psyching shot. I could do here, no, here, yeah. and, it's, your, it's and your in, brain starts running and, also, and then he gets there and you do make a good shot and you're like, Okay, that went better than I thought. But then before that you have all that shit run through your head, you know. Right, like, right. I don't know what's gonna happen. <laughs> well, with all those nerves going through your mind, you're you're shaking really bad. But I will say that shooting your bow all summer long. Make pays a off big a time must. because at that, a must. at that point when your mind is gone you don't you can't control yourself your instincts kick in right and if you got 
You you have uh, been shooting your bow all year, right? And you're on top of it. You're you know you're gonna instance. draw and make a good shot. Well, yeah, you it know goes you it goes from this, and Cam Haynes says this. It goes from I'm hoping I hit this deer and kill it to I know if I get a shot, this deer is dead. It's yep. confidence it's in your equipment. But I will say though too, Eric, when you said you'd rather have them surprise you two years ago, and I've been shooting all summer long consistently for I don't know the last four or five years. Like I hit a transition about five years ago where I'm like. All year long practice. You have to do it, yeah. Um, I had a rough streak where just it didn't add up. While I was sitting in thick timber, it was like October 12th. So, you know, we're not even two weeks into the season. Everything's still thick in the timber. I had a big, tight uh, 12 point come in, surprise me. A little buck walked in, and when I could see him, it was so thick, they were 20 yards already. Right after he came in, and he walks into like five yards literally on a, on a trot. And I'm at full draw, and I'm like, I'm going to try and stop him. I did that noise, and he was too close and took off and ran out to 30 yards in the thick timber and turned around and looked at me, and I'm like, well, he's out of my life now. Never, I never saw him again. It's just one of those things, like, I would rather see – I personally would rather see the deer – 50 to 100 yards and right. be like, okay, dude. So you can prepare and, and, but so that's can prepare in, mentally. Everyone's different, you know. Yeah. It's, it's your own opinion or however you feel There's about There's some the people situation. that. But I have, had it, I have had it to where I had a buck come in and I see him at 15 yards and it's just reaction. Oh, here he is. Yeah. Meh, meh. You draw back <laughs> and you're done. And he's it, dead. There's an know. arrow through him and you're like, I don't even know what happened. Like, what just happened right. right now? It's just, it's almost, you can't really say one thing across the board because there's so many unique situations when it comes to the hunting because it's uncontrolled well it's, know, it's not mostly you either it's more what is that deer going to do well and that's what we've said on our podcast time and time and time again and we're going to get into it more getting closer to the season that deer is no one no one owns that deer nope. that deer excuse my language it can do whatever the fuck it wants to exactly it can walk over there to the neighbor's property it can hop the fence it can go across the street it can do whatever it wants and that's a challenging part of it you know, if you that's have a deer the on best cam- thing about deer hunting, right? You can have that deer on camera every day at nine o'clock, but he, one day he decides, well, I'm going to go over there and see if there's any does over here, mm-hmm. and he crosses the street, and you might not see him again for two years. That's just how it yep. is. Yep. And and I think I I told you the story about the one of the ones that I fell in love with and had a relationship with that deer, and I man, I let it. I I, I just that's all I thought about was this deer. Right. Uh, the second 200 that i shot <laughs> the year that i shot him i let a uh a three and a half year old go and had him seven times within 30 yards that year and he was a stud 150 plus three-year-old three-year-old huh? just tall huge 10 pointer had a forked out g4 on the left uh oh. um or that g3 actually and then uh he had a he disappeared the rest of the season late season he moved on and then it was just year year after year after that I just started I was getting pictures of him again and then he was uh he was showing up and really good velvet pictures and I I thought man this deer is he's one to kill then he disappeared that I guess that was when he was 4 uh when he was 5 I ended up getting a shot at this deer but like I let this deer take over like that's all I was thinking about no other deer mattered and I had some nice ones on camera that were definite shooters you know 50s 60s 
and uh, I thought, yeah, I don't, I don't even, I'm not interested. I want this other one. Right. Uh, but you got to think, though, you've been with that deer for three years yes. now. Yeah. It's like and, a long-term relationship And at, at this point, point this deer could have scored 130. It was just a relationship that <laughs> yeah, I had right, with no, it. Right. Yeah, yeah no he, doubt. Uh, so we got, we, I mean, everybody's got neighbors. Everybody's got. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, everybody's it ha- got. Shit happens. Yeah. Well, so. The American dream is not having any neighbors, but, you know. It's, right. So. Uh, <laughs> There's a guy, uh, his name's Bill. He ended up coming in. He had a stellar year, shot a uh, black bear in the spring, same time I shot mine, come back and got in a stand uh, about 400 yards from me one night. Oh, no. This buck hit a scrape there that morning. And walked right. We pulled the card. It was one of those midday sits. Right. Pulled the card. I looked through it in the tree, and I'm like, he was here. He's going to come back. I, I just, he's in the area. And... Uh, <laughs> Ended up getting shot about 300 yards away that night. <laughs> and you know what? I, I went and I got to see the deer and everything. I mean, that, that the whole adventure come to an end, and I was I was sad and sick but happy for him at the same time right. because he had put in that much work, you know, all the work that goes into it. You know, he, Right. And, and I figured you know, when I say this deer was taken over, as far as my time-wise, I was spotting this deer midsummer. Watching through a spotting scope, just always out scoping for him. Spend hours out uh, behind the computer, going through cards. Just, right, ah, he's got to be here. He takes know? control over you yeah. emotionally. Yeah, so Absolutely. I guess so. Well, I mean, back to what you said, you know that at the end of the day, that deer is not mine. I, I no matter how much I thought right. I knew him or wanted to call him mine, he wasn't. Yeah, yeah but at so. least, at least you got closure. Yeah, you know yeah, you what got, I mean. Yeah, he didn't like see the deer. You got to yeah, see the deer. Yeah, right. Well, you got to see the deer. Know the guy put in his hard work. It'd be different if you had someone that just came in as a guest spot one day during gun season and blasted them and then was out. Yep. You know what I mean? That's, that would be a little bit different story. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. At least you can go see this deer every other weekend. You know, <laughs> shared custody. Yeah. Shared custody. Because <laughs> he was kind of both of your deer. You know, you you, you worked hard raising them. You know, you're raising these these monster deer. You're probably it's probably because you're getting into Clark's. Uh, Steve, hit him with magical. that other question you had. That's one. what I was. That's okay. what I was leading into. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. So yeah, um, you know, you've got like you said two two hundred inch deer on the wall. Um, that's more than a lot of people ever see in their life. And yet you're still as passionate, you know, as, as it seems like, you know, your whole life, like it it just, it keeps getting more, you know, what, what keeps you really going? I mean, you've already peaked twice. Let me add to your question too, is you always hear the saying, which, you know, these people are are full of it when they say this, if I shot a deer like that, I'd quit. Yeah. 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 So how do you, you know, how do you keep motivated to? Like, you have to think like I think I think they're joking when they say that. Right. Yeah. No, that's what I mean. Have to be. I, I've heard that a lot, and you know it. But the I thing about quit. it is, it's in your heart. You're gonna you, right. you're passionate about it. You love shooting your bow. You love hunting a deer with your bow. It's, it's right. Uh, but I guess to your question, what keeps me motivated to keep driving? I, I guess it's that just love for archery. I I can be honest with you. I haven't, I haven't picked up a gun since, and actually I killed that second one with a muzzleloader. Uh, he went 207 and that I shot him with a muzzleloader. Uh, that was the last time I shot a gun at a deer 
mm-hmm. my heart, and that was my Hail Mary because I had him close and couldn't get him shot with a bow. Right, right. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> know, but, yeah, it's, um, it's all right. I've killed deer at six yards of the muzzleloader, man. Yeah. I'm like, where the hell were you two days ago? <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> uh, but, but uh, no, I, I'm just super passionate about about archery shooting a bow i don't it's just a boy it's it's a it's a struggle to become one with your bow and be able to make in like we talked about a minute ago just in that moment be able to make it happen and there's a lot of guys that that uh don't pick up their bow until right before season which is unfortunate and then have terrible stories to tell afterwards Mm -hmm. uh it's unfortunate for them it's more unfortunate for the deer yeah right yeah well And then there's other guys that never pick up a bow and go out and kill and and you know it right. just it just it's all it's always everybody's got their own stories basically right but I just for me I I love it so much that I I just try to put as much time as I can in no matter what I'm doing it's all everything's prepped for archery season that's what it's all about I know this doesn't matter but I'm gonna ask you this question anyway because my dad killed a 191 inch mainframe eight pointer in 04. And uh, one of our buddies, Jim Burns, which is, I'm still burning and trying to get him in here for a podcast. That dude's knowledge is incredible on all levels. He's killed everything. Um, Jim goes, so what are you going to do now? My dad goes, next year I'll kill a bigger one. And Jim just <laughs> belly laughed at him for about an hour straight. Yeah. He's going to kill a bigger one next year. Oh, my God. Which that's just my dad's motivation. You know, he probably knew deep down the chances of me killing a bigger one are rare. But I'm just going to go ahead and say I'm going to kill a bigger yeah, one. why not? One, because I'm just going to have confidence in myself and go for it. My dad's killed a lot of great deer after. I think he killed a 165-inch typical 10 the next year um, with a shotgun. But he he just he kills big deer. He just My dad knows his shit. But the thing is, it's like, do you think, like, oh, I'll kill a bigger one? But I know that doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like, But what's your, like, minimum? I guess I've, mo- I've yeah. moved on I'll- from the... I, the- I've moved on from the score. Do you know what I'm saying, though? Kind yeah, of like, I was going to I know what you're saying. What's I've, the smallest deer you would feel comfortable shooting? And that's the thing, too. I'm not trying to say you know, the score is everything because yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not. It's not everything. It's, right. It's what it is right. as a whole. So. Um, I guess I'm going for age, but right. more more over the top of that, I'd say uh, I'm going for a relationship with that deer, knowing that deer, him being around for that long. Like right. Uh, deer have different personalities. You got homebodies. You got travelers. You right. got aggressive. Absolutely. You got you, you, all these different personalities coming at you. So if if you got if you've got a deer that you've seen picked up his sheds, got trail cam picture after trail cam picture of him, uh, encounter after encounter from him getting older, you know that deer. And when he's the right age, it goes back to the age. Then you can uh, you get him shot. But it's not. So then, as far as the score goes, it's it's out for me. I just I'm looking for a relationship with that deer. I try to pick one specific deer or two specific deer that I really want to hunt, right. and then I'll do whatever it takes to figure them out and outsmart them if I, I can. See, that's cool. That was the perfect answer yeah, to that, that question. Was awesome. And, I, got, and yeah. I, you know, I was thinking of that exact question, but I got another short one. This would be a real quick answer. Um, do you ever shoot does? I mean, what's your doe management look like? Uh, the past couple of years, I've shot does late season because I never wanted to screw up a hunt early, uh, season. early season in case that big one was walking by. So I, after we've killed bucks, then I – but actually that's a terrible way of thinking because 
what happens if that dough was bred by one of those giants? Right. Yeah. Got those, got those genes in there. Now, now you're playing games in your own mind thinking, boy, maybe I should have shot early That's season. That's a great which, point. Which, if you kill early season, now you're weeding out the does, so the buck's got to move hunt more harder or hunt harder. But then that gets into a whole other ball game because now I'm thinking – it can uh, go both ways, obviously. A buck isn't going to leave. That big buck's not going to leave his comfort zone. Right. Even during the rut. You're going to see him on his feet, but I honestly feel he's not leaving outside of any area he's never been. Right, right. So he may only touch that corner of your property twice uh, that you're aware of ever, and right. he may get over there during the rut, but he's not going to go outside of that corner because he's, he's, he's it's right. outside of his zone. That's so. The beautiful thing about being in the podcast side of the hunting industry is we, there's always so many debatable topics, and everyone's got an input on it. So that's podcast security for us. And that's a big yep. question is, like, when do you shoot does? Me, personally, I like to shoot them early, break the ice for the season. Yep. And, you know, I never actually really – I guess I've thought of that before. Like, you know, the does haven't been bred yet. You know, there's not there's not a, a doe that's already been bred by 170 you know, right. run around and then you shoot it. Well, then it deletes that breeding process. Maybe I don't know. Who knows how it really goes down? Um, but you no, know, I was just curious. Some someone that's really experienced in the whitetail woods, so you wait till later season to shoot your doe, and that makes sense. You know, th- there's a good chance of shooting a good deer in October. Right. But you know, first I try to shoot a doe first two weeks of hunting season, and then I'm I'm pretty much once I get that first kind of down icebreaker. Yeah, the icebreaker, yep. get one in. No, first, I like that. That's I, I like that. Mine I've, too is I'm really I wouldn't say I'm really superstitious, but I'm uh, oh, I don't know. I guess I am to a point, but I'm like deep connected. Like I get really connected to certain bows, like yep. that I don't want like the Hoyt on the wall behind you. I don't. I won't get rid of that thing because I killed. So many bucks with it, and so sure. many deer with it. I'm like, I'm, I'm keeping this forever. Sure, but it's, I don't know. I always like to kill a doe first couple weeks of season. Then once I get a doe down, if I get one down, then I'm just, I'm done. I'm done until late, late season. And if I get an opportunity where I'm like, this doe's at 20 yards <laughs> and it's perfect, and there's nothing else around, I gotta shoot one. Yep. Then I will. And yep. you need some meat in the freezer. Need you know, and, and the only time that situation's different is when you shoot one doe. And then another doe comes in about two minutes later, and I get that phone call of, hey, Steve, uh, guess what? Two does down. Sometimes I'll, <laughs> and, some, and they're in the bottom of the ravine. <laughs> that's yeah. usually my call. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's normally how it goes for me. But uh, every time I call Steve to uh, take a doe out, help me drag a doe out, it's like, oh, hey, yeah, Steve. I'm usually, I'll hold the flashlight for him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's a buddy. Yeah, it's I'm like, hard. Steve, you want to help me pull this doe out? Yeah, I'll be right out there. Okay, yeah, just hold the flashlight, make sure I don't smack branches off my face. because yeah. he's still in his pajamas. Yeah. <laughs> no, I actually came out, I brought a truck one time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I drive a Subaru WRX, so we got Steve's dad's truck all covered in blood. So uh, There you go. We made good work of it. Yep. Hey, we sprayed it out. It was good. But uh, so what, what, get... what are your goals for this season? We'll, we'll get to this real quick, because it's coming in hot, man. It is, too. It's scary, because I'm traveling for work, and I don't want to be. Uh, there's one specific deer that I'm I'm hunting. Uh, I guess my goals. I'll stop back up. Uh, my goals for the year: uh, get all of our work done before season starts. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of pruning. There's a lot of food plots because that boy that late season hunting can be really good if you've got the food. And uh, right. so we got to get all that done. Once all the work's done, 
and all you got to do is walk to the tree and climb it and hunt that's that's a good feeling right uh you don't you just relax after that yeah i mean and it always like october 1st hunting is such a learning curve when you get in the tree for the first time for the year you're like oh man I forgot my release. It feels <laughs> so weird. Yeah, don't you're, I feel weird? you're scrambled. You're like, okay, I feel like I forgot some, yep. but I yep. don't know what. And Dude, you're going through your pack, and you're like, God damn. I have cringe when, like, and this, hear me out here. People are like, oh, man, only 30 days, whatever, till hunting season. Uh, I'm like, oh, son of a gun. And I'm like, I'm not even ready. It's just like once it comes, I'm like, all right, I'm ready. But the, the first day when you climb in there, you're like, Whoa, is it really hunting season? It takes you three, four but days. But October 1st, you have to go out. It's like oh, opening yeah. day. And Gotta then go. I always have my shit ready three days before that. And you're checking, I'm checking my pack every day saying, right. do I have everything in there? You know yep. what's terrible, though, when you go out there and you're like, oh, it's, you know, it's fall. Because there's a lot of, you know, when it, when it's hunting season, it's like everything around you is making it better. Like you get all the pumpkin spice lattes and beer, pumpkin beers and Everything's Bent so River, good. Sweet potato ales out. Yes, sir. Bonfires are kicking up. But when you go out there and it's like seventy-eight degrees and the bugs are after you, oh, and you're man. just like, dude, come on. Nothing makes me more you mad know? when it's like almost eighty degrees and I'm in a tree just sweat. No, oh, it's yeah, that's for the birds. The day the day I killed uh, the two eleven, that first that's the first two hundred. Uh, I. It was 80, 85 degrees that day. Oh, and really? I, I walked in. I walked in with vertigo on uh, the, well, I don't remember. It was, it was a lighter, it was the lighter vertigo suit. Right. Mossy Oak camos before they switched over. But anyways, right. I walked in with that on, and I, oh, man, I was soaking wet, sweaty. The wind <laughs> was good. Thank goodness, or that hunt wouldn't have come together. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Better have six Ozonics on your tree. Oh, yeah. It's like, well, you know, when we talked about Florida, like just started that like his rut is apparently happening in Florida like I, August, uh, I don't know anything about southern rut man I thought it oh. was like December honestly, yeah that's kind of what I thought too but like what, what was the month uh, so we're in August or was it June, June 30th like deer season opened in Florida like could you imagine trying to sit in a stand is there? that real did it really open in June I'm yeah July 30th. I have no idea oh, oh ju- wait I, I don't I don't know I, I think it was June 30th it yeah, was I early I don't know anything about open it. like really early like dude could you imagine being down there in that hot hot heat my uh my yeah. wife and I went down to Daytona Supercross and after the first year it's like March or May or something anyway the Daytona Supercross whenever it was uh we went to Bass Pro they had a Bass Pro down there in Florida Oh, well, yeah, and of course. I thought, well, we'll go to the Bass Pro. This is going to be funny. Uh, <laughs> and There's some we, real we rednecks in, in Florida. Yeah, oh, they've got dude, some fishing lures. all have numbers on them <laughs> and little sponsors. <laughs> they, uh, no kidding, their state record whitetails and full velvet mounted full body right there. It's like 230. It's freaky looking. Like, really? drop tines everywhere. I mean, it looks like a Midwest whitetail, only a... That was probably the only one in Florida. I think so. Somebody, yeah. somebody must have hauled it in on a trailer and kicked it out. I don't know how. It <laughs> they had it in a cage and they just let it go in the chat. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you know. see all the time, like out east, whatever eastern state, like the record. I shouldn't map. say that. I'm taking away from that guy if he legitimately shot that. Dude. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. right. Good well, for I mean, him. You, you like can that. imagine northern the, Florida is right uh, border in Georgia. You right, know, so right. eh. it could happen. The one episode, this guy's like working class bow hunter, huh? He did, the one guy who shot that deer. He and he's like, 
Hey, screw this guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what he's, I'm worried about. That's why I threw that in there. Just, right. We love he's, you. He's Good like, job. When, I, when I wore my boat shoes and my cargo shorts up into the stand, because <laughs> yeah. you have to. I mean, <laughs> just Florida seems so far away, and, and it is. It's just a different thing, man. It's, it's just not a, in different, Illinois. a whole different climate down there. It's Every, weird. From Illinois, whitetails, it is. Right. It is different. Yep. Um, Ross, we're nearing the end. Anybody you want to give a shout-out to or anything you uh, got to say before we get off the... I would say get off the air, but we're not live. Well, uh, shout out. Uh, I honestly uh, can't think of anybody right off the top that I want to shout out. Shout to. out your Facebook Maybe page. Maybe your wife least. or something, <laughs> your kids. <laughs> I threw them out in the, in the beginning. Oh, there, yeah. So. Uh-huh. They got the, they got, uh, threw them out. All right. And 164. I think we touched on everything. 164 Outdoors on Facebook. So uh, Respect uh, the game. Respect the game TV. There That's a go. good one. Yeah, we'll make sure we have all the links of this stuff in the, in the Well, the, 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 the season, the series is good now, you know, now they got the star on there. Well, yeah. well I'm uh, talking about Clark Cummings, of course, but you're s- on there, too, <laughs> oh, sure, yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> we better I, hit this guy with some rapid like Batman fire and questions. Robin, man. Oh, yeah, we'll hit you with some rapid fire. We haven't done that in a while. we got to do that. So, we've got some rapid fire. Don't look at the screen. We're going to hit you with real quick questions. Uh, you just whatever the topic possible. Right, what, yeah, one word answer. If, you, if you have to elaborate, you can. But yeah, go if, ahead. But so, all right. Favorite camo. Real tree. Favorite outdoor magazine. Ooh, Peterson's bow hunting. Ooh, nice. I would say I would ask you favorite bow brand, but we know. I'm not going to even ask you the next one. It was second favorite bow brand, but we don't need to get into that. Backstrap or jerky. Uh, jerky. Jerky. Ooh. Favorite outdoor-related TV show besides Respect the Game? <laughs> Muddy's Midwest Whitetail. Yeah, there you uh, go. All right. Um, this is self-serving. We're going to ask it anyway. What is your favorite outdoor podcast? I'll be darn well. Uh, i got to think a while on that one. We'll come back to it. We'll come back to it. Come back back if you would. Okay, this one, we, we kept a tally. We haven't asked these, these rapid-fire questions for a while. Your favorite podcast host Ooh. Ooh, you gotta you gotta throw. Us Why do you ask those? Because it's a, it's a it's competition just, it's between us. Is it a competition? Yes. Oh yeah, yes. uh, really? no, it's oh, yeah. not a competition. I'm putting on a clinic. Eric's in the lead, so no, keep... no, he's not. You can't tell him that before we do this. <laughs> Guarantee, guys. I, I got more history with Kurt. I gotta go with Kurt. Oh, if you want, if you yes. want an answer? Kurt, Kurt finally yes. gets one. I think. Yeah, he like might one have or two. two. He <laughs> might have two. For some reason. I, everyone hates me. If someone's gonna hit someone up on Facebook, it's Steve or no. Eric. It's mostly Eric. It's, I, I don't know why, but everyone uh, messages me or they pick me. I don't know. Probably because they're like, I don't want to talk to those two loudmouth jackasses. I'll talk to <laughs> Eric. <laughs> probably what it is. I'll talk to the one yeah. Iowa boy. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's like, Kurt, that guy's not that cool. I'm like Illinois. All right, back, back to um, back to hunting related. Morning yeah. or favorite? After, oh, uh, morning or afternoon hunts? We skipped the midday segment on you. You did too. Ooh. Well, there went my answer. I uh, I like mornings, honestly. Mornings, evenings. Uh, if you need me to elaborate or don't, I don't. Go ahead, you can. Evenings are, uh, I guess, more fun because you get to see more deer. But I like seeing the cruising in the morning, right? Uh, catching that surprise deer walking through. For sure, uh, I, I like that early morning watching sure. the watching the timber come uh, to life. There's Go something ahead. about that crisp air in the morning. Oh, in it November, is. You know, beautiful. Um, favorite. This is hunting. Favorite. Pro wrestler, I lied. <laughs> I don't watch wrestling. Thank you. That's the worst <laughs> answer I've ever heard. That's the best answer we've ever heard on that question. Hang on or ladder stands. Hang on all day. Oh yeah, lone um, wolf coming from the guy yeah. that has three hundred lone wolves. Yeah, we looked at those. I was There's like, only two ninety. 
There's okay. only 290. All right. All right. Not so, 300. So uh, we're working class people, and we like to let loose when we can, so we like to enjoy our alcohol. Are you a beer or a liquor guy? Lick, uh, whiskey. What are you going to drink? If, if you, you shot out a 200-inch deer, you're going to go home and one. celebrate with your, with, your, with your people. What are you going to drink? Crown. Crown. And Bark's Root Beer. Bark's yep. Root Beer. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody told me that. I was like, Crown and Bark's? I like, That's awesome. I've never man. heard that That's before. A, That's a unique answer. Um, if, if you guys want to kill 200-inch deer, Crown and Bark's Root Beer. What's your dream hunt? My dream hunt. Uh, an early morning. Uh, watching an elk bugle Ooh. and the steam come out oh, yeah. about 32 seconds before I shoot him. 32 <laughs> seconds. That is, exactly. that is the most detailed we answer we've had. Most people just say an elk hunt. That know? was beautiful. Somebody's been awesome. thinking about I this. I love that. Okay, this question is probably offensive to someone, but we're going to ask it anyway. And this is like attractive women in the outdoors we're going through. This is such a dude question. It's, it, we shouldn't it's, even ask it's it. Yeah, whatever. It's who we are. Okay. Judge us, if you will. Yeah. Eva Shockey. Tiffany Lukoski or other, who's your female inspiration in the outdoors? As other words, boy, I'd have said it. Nicole Reeves for the longest time. I mm-hmm. uh, I may have to stick with that. I, Eva's pretty cool too, but and I like a lot of what Eva stands for and does too. So I don't know. I'm kind of torn between the two. We would all three of us pick Melissa Bachman. Would you? Yeah, oh, we yeah. love oh, her. She, dude, yeah. she's awesome. She's been on the episode on the on the show a couple times. She's great. Really? Yeah, she's awesome. Cool. Well, but, you should have uh, given me that option. Uh, I should have. We, <laughs> we said other. We said other. Oh, well. <laughs> Favorite tree stand snack? Oh, here we go. Ooh. Here we go. Man, it's a tough Honestly, I think it's uh, Welch's, uh, what, fruit snacks? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, buddy. Yeah, the rappers sucked on rap while you're yeah. up there and making noise, but you I do it. I usually do it in. Oh, oh, yeah, smart. No, I usually do it in uh, inside the backpack, tear them open, and. Or just eat them before you right. get to the tree stand, you know. Yeah, it's... yeah, I've done that too, and then you're then you're really disappointed two hours later when you're like, damn, wish I had a, <laughs> I wish I had a snack. snack. I'm <laughs> always disappointed two hours after I haven't eaten. Okay, <laughs> if you could pick one superhero power, Ooh. what would it be? Dang, you can't say invisible. This is deep. I can't say that or fly. You can't say fly. You can say anything else besides fly. That's everyone's answer. Come on. Yeah. Uh, okay, if I can't fly, I wish that. I kind of wish I was like Gadget Man and I could just extend my legs and reach up so I didn't have to tie my safety harness on Inspector and Gadget. climb the tree. <laughs> you want to be Inspector Gadget? That <laughs> That's is pretty. Awesome. That's that no is superhero, awesome. really, but hey. So you can uh, just like extend your legs and then extend it up and then stand in your stand. Yeah. Oh, he sits or, in there. Go, go, Gadget Elite Impulse 31. They, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that I is just, a great ass answer. Ross bigger. Fixed or mechanical broadheads? Uh boy, I was I was mechanical for the longest time and I'm fixed all day now. Okay, I can understand. Fixed um, fixed. Slick trick all day. Viper trick, honestly. That's mm. this one's a kind of a funny question. I don't even remember even asking anyone this. Wearing what's your opinion on wearing camo outside of the woods? Outside of the woods. Uh, Is he wearing camo right now? I got camo right now. I got camo shorts on too, as well. Yeah, well, you okay. never know. You never know. Hey. That, I uh, well, we're talking like dress camo. I'm a, I'm a cargo camo shorts guy as well. Okay, I no, I I rock the camo. Well, right? yeah, I, I mean, I, I I'm not. Well, when in Rome, do as the Romans do, and you're in. We all rock camo. So, why do Why do we ask? Why is that question even on there? I'm deleting that one because we all wear camo. That one's coming right every off, day. Right? It's off. Face paint 
or face mask? Face paint. Okay. Oh, face paint guy, huh? Well, it's more just facial hair and then fill in the rest. On the cheeks. Yeah, go, yeah. Go, go the manly route. Okay. Right. right. Okay. Date with a supermodel or 500 acres of hunting ground for a weekend? Well, I'm married, so that's an easy answer for me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. It would have been easy before that. I, I'd go with the 500. <laughs> it's a, it's, oh, that's yeah. fair. Well, I think that's about it. If you got anything else to add, you know, you can add it in. We are going to do another episode before hunting season. That's a given because yeah, I can I'd, think of like 100 more episodes. We I'd could love do. to come back. So. You're, hey, you're welcome anytime. Do you, do you yeah. rent out Lone Wolf stands? I might have to rent some from you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dude, you can probably just take them. He's not going to notice and get them. Yeah. Miss it. Good Lord. That was a stack like four and a half feet I've, high. I've got them numbered, man. That, uh, that, I'm that, sure you do. He would know. Trust me. <laughs> he would know. Well, uh, it's work, been fun. Workingclassboner.com. Get on our Facebook. We're doing that HHA giveaway in August 19th. Um, you guys want to add anything else for right now? Thanks, Ross. No. I mean, hey, thanks, thanks for, for having me, guys. Honestly, yeah, I'll... No. I'd love to come back. So. You are welcome back anytime. We'll get you and Clark in on an episode together. But That'd be fun. That oh, would be God. a good time. No, yeah, anytime. You're Absolutely. welcome back. You let us know when you want to do another one. If you want to do one this weekend, you're more welcome to come back and do where can, one. Where can we find uh, Respect the Game? On Sportsman's Channel. Boom. In Elite's website. Or Vimeo. 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 I do not know how to how pronounce How do you pronounce that? that? I think it's Vimo. Vimo. I call I, yeah, because there's no Vimo. Yeah, it's Vimo. It's got to be Vimo. I call it Vimeo. Yeah, because it, it looks does. like Vimeo. Either way. That's where I mean that, that's the place to go because you can go through any episode you want. Right. Uh, if right. your DVR is not set to respect the game, you're missing out on uh, mm-hmm. the episodes, and then you're only getting them piece by piece. You can get on there right. and uh, watch anything you want, even uh, commercials that they're putting together. Yeah. I mean, they got some killer commercials uh, mm-hmm. coming out, so it it's a great show. Yeah. Uh, really one one sixty four outdoors. You're on Facebook. Are you on Instagram? Yes, I am. Oh, you are Ross Bigger two nineteen. Attaboy. Okay. That's well, my motocross racing number has been for a long time. So Okay. Well, all this information hey. we're going to put in the description of the episode. Um, thank you guys for listening. Um, it's getting close to hunting season. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. But you ask yourself, get out there, get your trail cam set, get the stands tuned up. It's and then coming. What? And then what? It's time to kill some deer, boys and girls. Well, how, how are you going to do that? What do you got to do? Go shoot your bow. There you go. Boom. All right. Thanks. We Bravo. love you. Thanks, guys. Later. You'd think, with four of us spread out on a tiny island, that the task of tagging a whitetail would not be a big thing. But, as I've learned, no matter where I've been, whitetails can be damn tricky. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.